0: WEEI Studios, the home of the Red Sox. 93.7, WEEI-FM, HD1, Lawrence, Boston. Always live on the free Odyssey app. And now, a Boston original on Boston Sports Original. It's Christian Arcan on WEEI.
1: 617 nine seven ninety three seven is your phone number. It's Arkan here with you. We're going until 615, and then we got college basketball. Who's playing, This What game am I going to? Do I'll have know? to double-check on that. Check on that, will you? Because uh, there's a lot of college basketball going on today and tonight. And uh, if you don't know, you can bet on it now from your phone. From your phone. Mobile betting live. I'm a FanDuel man myself, in case you haven't heard. Um, but, yeah, a lot of uh, college basketball. And uh, it's the conference tournaments now. And uh, we'll have March Madness officially tipping off next week, which we'll be, we're going to be doing something uh, Thursday, this coming Thursday, which is, I believe, the beginning of the tournament. We are going to be at Banners, so that'll be fun. You'll hear more about that later in the week, but if you want to come uh, say hi, you can do that uh, right at the Garden next week. So uh, very excited about that, and uh, we'll tell you more about it over the course of the week. But again, mobile betting, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what, I'm losing money already. Yeah, <laughs> didn't, didn't take long. <laughs> Boston, you're my home. <laughs> Did not take long for me to. I'm gonna have to homeschool my kid now, but uh, it's worth it. It's definitely worth it, and um, it's fun. I'll tell you what, it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of great. Uh, they they want everybody. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of promotions going on right now. Now's the time to do it if you're gonna do it. And um, you, just everybody, be careful, of course. And. Uh, if you have a gambling problem, make sure you get help for it. But right now, it's uh, it's the honeymoon phase. Let's put it that way. <laughs> it's the uh, it's the sports betting honeymoon phase.
0: I feel like they got every uh, notable Bostonian for you know different you know uh, app ads. Right. I've seen Lenny Clark. I've seen Big Poppy. I've seen Gronk. Uh, Gronk. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, Todd Angley. The Greg uh, the Hill. Bruin singer. Oh, yeah. Greg got in there.
1: Greg's on. Fa- I'm on Fanduel.
0: Oh, good for double zero.
1: Um, Jones is uh bet mgm yeah, i mean everybody's everybody's doing it everybody anybody who's anybody's doing it um, so yeah that's uh that's a lot of fun i wanted to talk about something you can also bet on and the odds for it right now i think are actually pretty good jason tatum's starting to fall out of the mvp race has anyone else noticed this the uh, kia mvp ladder which if you check that on nba.com every day like i do or i guess not every day but uh, you know once a week when it comes out you'll see that uh, Tatum's slipping he's slipping out of that top 3. Uh Giannis is slipping too. Even though the Bucks have been so good lately, Giannis has been out. Um he missed a couple of games with an illness. He had a sore hand or something like he's he's missed some time. But the uh in that in that absence and obviously uh Joel Embiid and the Sixers ending their streak was a big deal, but Nikola Jokic is still the guy. Um averaging a triple-double. I mean, what do you what do you want? Guy's averaging a triple-double. <laughs> it's hard to it's hard to really argue with that. It's like it was like that year when um it was like Mike Trout and Miguel Cabrera going for the MVP and Cabrera was about to he almost had the triple crown. Everyone was like, "Well, Trout may be better, but triple crown, <laughs> you know, if there's a triple in the thing that you've done for the entire season, triple double, triple crown, whatever, you're probably going to be the MVP." <laughs> that's sort of how I that's sort of how I think of it. Now, Jokic, Jokic would be three-peating right now. If he wins this MVP and three peating as the MVP without a championship or even a championship appearance is borderline distasteful. I would, I would say, um, I don't, I'm not going to tell everybody how to vote. I'm just going to say, listen, if the guy's so important, how about a, how about a title? And you know what? Out of all the years, the, the the, has won or could win it and he could win it this year. He hasn't yet, but he could out of all those years. This is the one where they're more likely to win. This is the one where the Denver Nuggets probably have the best chance. They've been leading the West most of the season. And the West is pretty interesting right now. Uh, we'll get to that in a second because I do think there's a whole class system going on with the uh, with the two conferences in the NBA right now. But I want to talk about Jason Tatum. Here's what they wrote about him on NBA.com. Uh, last week he was third. This week he is fourth. Behind, as I said, Jokic, Embiid, and Giannis. Tatum is fourth, and they write, Boston stumbled through a three-game skid in which it surrendered double-digit leads in each defeat before Tatum scored 30 against Portland and snapped the losing streak. The performance marked his 36th game this season with 30 points or more, and he had sat out of Monday's loss at Cleveland due to a sore knee. Having fallen back to second in the East, Celtics are looking to regain their mojo as the regular season winds down. The great teams stay the best versions of themselves for the longest, said Joe Missoula. Okay. When you don't, you have to act quickly to get back to who you are. That won't be easy with the upcoming schedule. The Celtics start a six-game road trip on Saturday. That won't be easy? They're playing the Hawks, the Rockets, the Timberwolves, Portland again, Utah, and Sacramento. Now, in fairness, Sacramento, I think, is the three-seed in the West. So, okay, there's a real team there. The rest of those teams, the Hawks are... 14 and a half games out of first place in the east. They are 34 and 33. They suck. The Hawks blow. Uh the Celtics better beat them tonight. Let me put it that way. Who else? Houston? Houston is the worst team in the NBA. <laughs> okay? They're 15 and 51. Is this when the trip gets tough? Uh Minnesota. All right, of course, Minnesota. Big expectations for them this year with that Rudy Gobert trade that they made, they are a 500 team. They're the eighth seed in the West, and I'm surprised to see them that high. Uh, Portland, we already know Portland blows. Utah, the Utah Jazz are outside of the playoff picture looking in at 32 and 35, and it is not tough to be in the playoff picture. And when I say that, I mean outside the top ten. Okay, I'm talking like play-in tournament playoff picture. I'm I'm expanding the net here because you kind of have to. Out of all those teams I just mentioned, the Hawks are the best. (laughs) All right, so this six-game road trip, to me anyway, and I know Sacramento's good, so fine. Uh, The Ox and the Fox out there in Sacramento. You should win five of these games. You should, at the very least, win four of them. If you win less than four of these games on the road trip, then forget the MVP. I mean, you maybe can forget that anyway here with Tatum. And again, I don't care. I don't care if Tatum doesn't make the MVP. It doesn't matter to me. The fact that he was in the conversation for most of the year, he's an MVP candidate, he was playing at an MVP-type level, that's all fine. He's probably not going to win it this year, but I'll tell you what, if the Celtics win the championship next year and Tatum uh, is good again next year, then he'll be in line for the thing the entire year. That I guarantee you that. But right now, right now I think he can maybe kiss it goodbye unless Tatum goes absolutely bonkers down the stretch and he could he's done he's had stretches before where he just was unconscious uh and that could happen and that could leave a big impact on these voters sure it could but forget all that for a second i'm talking about this road trip here atlanta, houston, minnesota, portland, utah, sacramento i need i need four wins i need four i'd like five and i don't think five's too much to ask either by the way If it's anything less than four, I'm officially worried about this team. I'll be worried about Tatum. I'll be worried about everybody. If they start having trouble with these type of teams at this point in the season, after that ugly stretch that they just had, then I'm going to be concerned. I'm already kind of concerned. These last couple of weeks have been concerning. They have. Two losses to the Knicks, that horrible loss to Brooklyn. Uh, the Cavaliers sort of dog walking them, and I know that they beat Cleveland the, the the week ago or whatever it was. But it's been it's been a tough stretch here. It's been tough. They've lost four out of six. They've not looked good ever since the All Star break. They look like they've been coasting. And Joe Mazula, I mean, listen, he can he can come out with platitudes. He can get snippy with reporters. He can do all these things. But until this team starts turning it around, I don't really want to hear that crap. I don't. You know, you can, you can get snippy with Gary Washburn. You can, you know, give one-word answers to Abby Chin. You can do what you're going to do. That's fine. I mean, listen, he's he's cultivating a, a, a whole thing, a whole cult of personality with him. And some people like it, and some people think it's a little off-putting. I don't care. Honestly, I don't. I don't think you have to be the most personable guy in the world to be a successful head coach in the NBA. There's plenty of guys out there who weren't, and uh, were very successful. Joe Mazzula, I don't know. I've never met him. But I can tell you this: this team's uh, spiraling a little bit right now. And there was a time last year where you could have said that same thing. Last year, the Celtics were twenty-five and twenty-five after fifty games. All right, it's almost two-thirds of the way through the season, and after that, they just started winning, and they didn't stop until you know the finals. This is the first real adversity that we've seen these Celtics face, and it's not even that bad. I mean, it was they lost three in a row. It's not the first time they've even done that. But the fact that it's happening now, the fact that it's sort of happening in uh, concert with the Milwaukee Bucks going on that crazy run that they did, and now the Celtics aren't the best team in the league anymore. They've been wire-to-wire the best team in the league until about a month ago, and now they're behind both uh, Milwaukee and, I think, also Denver? Or is that different now? Let me check the standings and just make sure. Denver's 46-21, and exact same record as the Celtics. So they're tied for the second-best record in the league. It's not the end of the world, I guess is my point. It's not something that you have to really worry about. Until you put it in the context of championship or bust, right? Because that's still what it is, isn't it? Did that change? Stiz, did that change? It's chip or bust, Ark. Chip or bust. Have the expectations for this team gone down in the last month or since the All-Star break or anything? I don't think they have. They were pretty high going into the All-Star break, and then Jason Tatum set a scoring record and was the All-Star game MVP, and him and Brown were going one-on-one, and everyone was talking about the Celtics, and that's all. they dominated that whole weekend. It was all about the Celtics. It was all about Tatum and the Celtics. You think that you think that pushed expectations down from the championship? Well, okay. Now it's okay if they lose in the conference round. Now it's okay if they lose in the finals. Hey, you know what? Maybe they even get upset in the first round this year. No one's saying that. No one's saying that. If anything, that made the championship or bust thing more intense. I think it's more intense. This upcoming road trip, they better win four. <laughs> really, they better win four. And you know what? Considering who uh, may be coming back, I think it's even more important. And I'm talking, of course, about Robert Williams. I'll talk more about him and this team's entire identity and why I think that this upcoming road trip could make or break the entire season. We'll do all of that right after Stiz gets you with What's Trending.
0: Now, here's What's Trending on WEEI. Patriots safety Devin McCourty has come to a decision about his playing future. McCourty announced in an Instagram post yesterday that he has decided to retire from the NFL. The Patriots selected McCourty in the first round of the 2010 draft. He started all 205 regular season and 24 postseason games during his long run in New England. He won three Super Bowls and was named a second-team All-Pro three times, three times over the course of his career. And in other Patriots news, the team announced the release of punter Jake Bailey. Bailey joined New England as a fifth-round draft pick in 2019. He played in 58 regular-season games and had 222 punts for a 45.9-yard average, with 102 punts inside the 20-yard line. Last season, Bailey was limited to just nine games due, uh, due to injury. The Celtics are on the road tonight in Atlanta, taking on the Hawks. Robert Williams will be out with a hamstring injury, and Peyton Pritchard is questionable. Tip-off at 7:30. Chris Sale made his second spring start today as the Red Sox took on the Twins down at Hammond Park. Unfortunately, they couldn't get it done and fell to Minnesota 4 3. The Bruins were at the TD Garden this afternoon for the first of back-to-back games against Detroit. The Bees were down 2-0 going into the second period, but after goals from Lindholm, Bergeron, and Hathaway, they went on to win it 3-2, becoming the fastest team to reach 50 wins in NHL history. The Bruins can clinch a playoff spot tonight with losses by either the Ottawa Senators or the New York Islanders. I'm Stiz, that's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com.
2: Selling a little... shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast
0: now with the mlb app you can get baseball your way Boston sports and beyond. We're back to Christian Arcand on
1: W.E.E.I. 617-779-7937 is your phone number. It's Arcand here with you. W.E.E.I. Boston sports original. After I'm done at 615, we'll go to uh, conference championships. Big East or what's left of it. The, it's Xavier and Marquette. Let me see if I remember this. Uh, Marquette, I believe is the golden Eagles and Xavier are the Bulldogs. No, not the bulldogs, Xavier musketeers. Is that right? The Xavier musketeers. If they're not, that's going to sound pretty stupid, but I feel it. I sort of think that's right. Um, what do we have after that? Let's see. This is just texted me. UAB. That's Alabama, Birmingham, who I believe are the blazers. And Florida Atlantic, who I think are the Owls. Well, you were right with uh, the Musketeers for Mar- Xavier. Xavier's the Musketeers. Yep,
0: Marquette is Marquette the Golden Eagles. Hold on, let's okay. get our crack team, our
1: crackpot team of investigators on that. Judges, <laughs> um, I think Alabama Birmingham is the Blazers, and I think Florida Atlantic is the Owls. And then after that, it's Arizona UCLA, Arizona uh, Wildcats, and the UCLA Bruins. Knew that one. Knew Marquette is the Golden Eagles. Golden Eagles, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, college basketball is my passion, folks. <laughs> I, just, I barely, I barely told you the names of the teams. <laughs> Ask me to tell you anybody who plays for any one of them, I'd have a hard time. I know there's one guy on UCLA is pretty good. I forget his name. I, I only know that because they kicked my Buffalo's ass the other day in the uh, in the Pac-12 tournament, and that's actually it's the Pac-12 uh, final there too. Um, yeah. That's what we got coming up uh, after I'm done here. 617 779 There's your phone number. Um, we were talking about the road trip the Celtics are about to take. It starts tonight with the Atlanta Hawks. Maybe the best team other than the Kings that they play over the course of this trip. It's a soft road trip with some pretty bad teams that the Celtics should have no trouble uh, beating up on. And I say should. I don't know if they will, but they should have no trouble with it. I'm very... Uh, encouraged to hear that Robert Williams made the trip. I was very encouraged to hear that. If Williams stayed home and missed the trip, then I'd be, I'd have, there'd be alarm bells going off. Rightfully so, by the way, I think. Instead, he's going on the trip and they expect to have him back at some point before they get to Sacramento, I hope. You know, I hope they're not just going to keep him around, have him travel around and not play him and, uh, you know, have this just be for show. And then he plays at the very end. Because by then, you know, who knows what they, what they do in the rest of those games. The reason why I think it's so important, and I know Rob Williams hasn't played a ton this year, but the reason why I think it's so important is because if the Celtics are going to make a deep push here at the end, if they're going to go on a, on a serious run, I think that it is almost imperative that Williams is in the lineup. Imperative. I know that he's not Jason Tatum. I know that he's not Jalen Brown. I know he's not even Mal- Malcolm Brogdon or Derek White when it comes to you know scoring and offensive output and things like that. This team is a very good offensive team. I would say it's uh, better than last year's team was offensively. I think they're deeper. I think they're uh, better shooting. Um, they didn't have a Derek White, uh, for example, last year doing what he's doing now. White played last year, but he wasn't doing the things he's doing now um and that's I mean that's just he's he's been tremendous this year Brogdon has been tremendous off the bench after that it's a little shaky you know your your uh, wing position isn't exactly all that deep you got Sam Hauser and Grant Williams Grant Williams in a doghouse right now and also a a basket case this guy I mean he's bricking free throws he's getting benched I mean it's 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 not a great. I feel like he's going through it right now. I feel like Grant Williams is 100% going through it right now. And I hope whatever it is, he gets over it by the time the playoffs start. Because I do think they need him. I do think they need him. He's an important piece. Especially when you consider the fact that outside of him and Hauser, there's not really a lot of wings on this team that can spell Brown and Tatum. And we're coming down the stretch here. And I was really sort of hoping that at the trade deadline, they'd bring in somebody that they could, you know, give some minutes to while this team got ready for the playoffs. And instead, the team's fallen out of uh, the one seed. And we can talk about how important it is that they're the one seed. I think when it comes to, you know, the one or the two, if you're going to be playing Milwaukee in the Eastern Conference Finals, it'd be better to play Game 7 at home. That's all. You know, I don't think the Bucks are going to be some pushover team this year. I think that's going to be a series, if it even happens, that goes the distance. And I would really appreciate it if the Celtics got that last game at home. But again, you know, (laughs) this is first world problems if ever there were one. Without Robert Williams, and I'm not sure exactly uh, what type of uh, minute restrictions he's going to have when he comes back, if he's coming back this trip, what? I don't know. But I can tell you that without him, this team I feel like is going to have a lot of trouble defensively with several teams in the Eastern Conference that they almost certainly are going to meet in the playoffs. Almost certainly. One of those teams, and you can maybe laugh this one right off. In fact, you know what? I'll come to this one later. One of those teams is the Bucks. You feel better about the Bucks with or without Robert Williams. That's an obvious one, isn't it? How about the Cleveland Cavaliers? How about the Cleveland Cavaliers who have a couple of guys who are really good at attacking the paint, not to mention two young bigs who are athletic and uh, and and tough to move, and also attacking the paint, too, and Jared Allen and um, uh, Mobley. All right? I mean, I, I, I'd not want to face that team without Robert Williams. I don't want to face Giannis and Brooke Lopez without uh, Robert Williams. And here's the last one. I don't think I want to face the Sixers without him either. And I know that every time I've ever said anything good about the Sixers, they've made me look really stupid. It's happened over and over again this year. The Sixers, my Sixers. I say that. I hate the Sixers. But I do think, you know, you look at them on paper and you're like, they're pretty good. you got the league-leading scorer in Embiid and the guy leading the league in assists in James Harden. And it's like, all right, Embiid's at an MVP level this year. Harden's been an MVP in the past. This team, that's a good duo. This team should be doing more. And listen, lately they've been good. But whenever they play the Celtics, the Celtics dog walk. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a fact. Uh, the Sixers ended the Bucks' winning streak. And are nipping at the Celtics' heels right now. They're only a game and a half back. They're only a game and a half back of you right now, Boston. 46-21, they're 44-22. They're right behind. They're a game and a half back. And I think you play them one more time. Double-check that on the schedule. And that's probably going to be an important game. No, Yeah, they do. They play them one more time on April 4th in Philadelphia. The fourth to last game of the year. It's, it's going to be an important one, I think. It's the last game they're playing against the team that's in the top three in the East right now, that's for sure. They're coming on the end of the season. I guess my question for you here is, as we get to the end of this season, reflecting on it right now, Celtics fans, how are you feeling going into the playoffs right now today? If the season were to end today, what do you think the Celtics would do? Do you still think that they're a championship team? We asked Scaldus this week. And he still thinks that they're on track. He still thinks they're on pace and that they have the talent and now the experience to go on another deep playoff run. They've been on several deep playoff runs. They made it to the conference championship all those times. They made it to the finals last year. It's not like they don't know what it takes uh, in terms of preparing themselves and conditioning and all that other stuff. But each one of those times, they came up short. And last year, they really did in those finals. Jason Tatum really did. We all remember that. I don't care about Jason Tatum falling out of the MVP race. What I do care about is him being ready and not running out of gas in the playoffs when it matters. That's what matters. That's what should matter to him. It's the only thing I think that matters to this team. He got his he got his little in-season reward. He was the All-Star Game MVP. That's it. You don't need you don't need anything else. This if this is going to be that type of season, a season to remember, it's going to be a season that we remember because the Celtics won the championship. Not because Tatum was the all-star game and then league MVP. Don't care. Doesn't matter. Ask Houston how much they cared about Harden winning those MVPs or uh, Russell Westbrook and OKC or any of these other teams that didn't win anything and the player didn't win anything, but he got his MVP. Did that matter? Did that matter to you? Did that matter to to the fans of that city? I mean, listen, <laughs> for some of them, that's as close as they're ever going to get, right? Houston, they haven't won a championship and uh, since Akeem was around. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the Oklahoma City's never won one. Even when they were in, well, I guess in Seattle, they did back in the 70s with Dennis Johnson, but whatever. I mean, the Oklahoma City, they never did. The Celtics are a team that hasn't won in a long time. It's over uh, 15 years now since that last championship. Doesn't seem like it, does it? I don't know. People my age, maybe it does. <laughs> some, of you, some of you younger listeners out there are probably like, yeah, Arkan, that was a long time ago. Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, Rondo, and Perkins. That was a long time ago, my man. All those guys are analysts now. It was a long time ago. <laughs> like, yeah, I get it. I do get that. But I guess the point is, um, if Jason Tatum is going to uh, take that next step, the next step starts with a championship. It doesn't start with any more individual accolades. That I mean, to me, if if he if if that's if that's all you take away from this season then he's going to start getting a reputation as that kind of player. And, in fact, he might already have it. I don't look at him that way. I still think he's a, a budding superstar who could be a special player in NBA history. I believe that. I believe that about Tatum, and to a lesser extent, I believe that about Jalen Brown. If these two stay together, I think that there's a lot that they can accomplish and that that could go down, and considering that it's Boston and all the NBA history that we have here already, that could be a major chapter for it. It absolutely could. There's potential there. There's the absolute potential for that. But you got to win. That's all that matters. It's the only thing that matters to me. <laughs> I could get rat's ass about the All-Star game, about the MVP, about All-NBA, about All-Star, any of that stuff. It just doesn't matter. Defensive player of the year, don't care. All right? It's been 15 years, and I know that these guys are still young, but they're not that young. All right? Jason Tatum is 25. Jalen Brown is 26. Marcus Smart's in his late 20s. Let's get this show on the road here, okay? Because we've been talking about these guys. We've been talking them up for a long time. Talking up their potential, what they can accomplish. Can't trade any one of these guys. Got to keep them all together. Watch what they'll do. All right. Now's the time. If it doesn't happen for them this year, I'm going to really start to wonder. I'm going to really start to wonder if this group's capable of it. Uh, 617-779-7937. You know what else I noticed when I was looking at the NBA standings? There is a, a real big difference between the two conferences. The Eastern Conference has a middle class that the Western Conference doesn't have. Uh, In the Eastern Conference, there's your one percenters, right? There's the Bucks and the Celtics. They're the one percent, basically. And the Sixers are sort of on the outside looking in. And then you got your middle class. You got your Cavs, the Knicks, the Nets, the Heat, the Hawks, all these teams that are, you know, double-digit games back, but they're not dregs of society yet. And then you start going down, you know, the Raptors, the Wizards, the Bulls, the Pacers, and then you get down to the really bad teams like the Hornets and the Pistons and the Magic. But there's a clear middle class. In the Western Conference? In the Western Conference, there's the Nuggets are the 1%. The Kings and the Grizzlies are, like, the upper class. And then everything else is kind of, you know, like, after that, from the four seed all the way down to the Portland Trailblazers, who have the third-worst record in the conference, there are... Three and a half games separating those two teams. The Clippers are the five seed. They're 35 and 33. Portland is the 11, 12, 13 seed, and they're 31 and 36. That's crazy. Like, that's wild to me. And I know that if you look over in the Eastern Conference, too, there's some, like, the Bulls are 18 games back, and they're only a half game out of the play-in tournament, but they're really far away from, like, the Knicks, who are 10 games back. They're like eight games back from the Knicks. They're not jumping into the top five. If the Trailblazers or the Jazz or even OKC gets hot at the end of the year, they could be a top five, maybe even top four team in the conference. That's insane to me. That's really insane. That's that's real wild card stuff right there. You don't know what's going to happen. Uh, you really don't. You have no idea what's going to happen in this conference. Are the nug- I mean, the Nuggets are the best team. Do you feel like they're the odds-on favorite to win the championship? I don't feel that way. The Sacramento Kings are the two-seed. I don't think Sacramento's getting out of the first round. The Grizzlies are the three-seed, and their best player suspended forever. <laughs> like, this whole thing. The Western Conference is a wild ride right now. It really is. Um, you don't really have that as much in the Eastern Conference. Eastern Conference is kind of set, I think. There's a chance maybe that, you know, the Sixers jump the Celtics or the Celtics jump the Bucs or, you know, something like that happens. But you got your you got your top teams, you got your middle teams, you got your bottom teams. In the Western Conference, you got one top team, everybody else is in the middle, and then there's the Spurs and the Rockets who both got eliminated. They're out. That's it. Those are the only two teams that really have no shot of making the playoffs in the entire conference. Everyone else is in the mix. And not just in the mix, but in like the top five mix. <laughs> That's. I'll tell you what. That's interesting. I find that interesting. I'm excited to see how that all uh, shakes out because you don't see that very often. Um, but back to the Celtics for just one minute. The uh, whole the main problem I have, I think, with the way the Celtics are playing this year, is a pretty cliched complaint. All right, it's not like this is the first time you've ever heard this, but they're shooting so many threes. And you look at the games where they lose and you look at the games where their shot's just not falling and, you know, a couple of times they've come away with wins anyway because their defense was good enough. But when you don't have your shot falling at the rate that they need to in order to justify shooting this many threes at this point in the season, I think if it's not falling, you better hope that you can defensively hold that other team to a few enough points that you can still win. And I feel like that's not been happening lately defensively, this team is fine. They're not great. They're not special. They're fine. Last year, they were a special defensive team. I talked about this all week. That's the biggest difference between this year and last year. It's a lot of the same players. I think it's a better roster. But I do think that that special quality that they had on defense in particular is really lacking, and that's a shame. It's a shame to see that sort of disappear like that. Because I thought that they would be able to carry that into this year. Now, listen, no matter how good your scheme is, eventually someone's going to figure it out. Unless you got Michael Jordan or Shaq and Kobe, and you know, you're know you running the triangle offense. Other than that, it's eventually people are going to figure it out. They're going to figure out how to defend it. Or they're going to figure out how to score against your defensive scheme, whatever it is. Uh, but they also haven't had Williams for very much of this season. They've had him for 28 games. And there's only, what, about 14 left. So, you know, like that's it's about a third of the year. They've missed him for about two-thirds of this season. And I think that has a big, big uh, part to do with why they've not been that same kind of team. That being said, I'd rather be them than the Phoenix Suns right now. (laughs) That was was unfortunate this week. Whether you like the guy or you don't like the guy, whether you're a Suns fan or not, watching Kevin Durant slip and turn his ankle during pregame layups, ugh, that was awful. That was awful. You know there was some kid with a mop back there going, oh, God. Oh, I missed the spot. I'll tell you what: old time Celtics fans will know who I'm talking about. Back in the day at the old Garden, and I think even in the early days of the Fleet Center, there was this guy who took care of the floor at the Garden, and his name was his name was Spider. I I don't know what his real name was, but everyone called him Spider. He was this older black guy who wore this cool hat, and uh, he'd go out and he you know he'd wipe off the floor, and that was his job. His name was everybody. Hey, Spider! Hey, uh, Spider! And Spider waved to everybody um i don't know despite he was an old guy back in the 80s so i don't know i don't know what's going on rudolph edwards his name is rudolph edwards that's right spider's real name was rudolph that's right and Man. unfortunately he passed away in 2016 he was 20... 86 wow wow that's a good long life for spider good for him uh spider was like a little celebrity at the garden you know what i mean like over the years there's always these guys uh not always guys girls too sometimes at the garden who become these sort of little mini celebrities Spider was definitely one of them. Spider was a guy, hey, Spider, Hey, what's up, Spider? And then in the 90s, it was the Crunch and Munch guy. Remember the Crunch and Munch guy? There was a vendor at the, uh, it was the Fleet Center at the time, who sold Crunch and Munch and was just super aggressive about it. Yeah, Crunch and Munch! He'd be, like, dancing in the aisles. They'd put the camera on him on the Jumbotron, like, he's dancing with the Crunch and Munch boxes. You'd just be sitting there, it'd be like a, a slow part of the game, and all of a sudden in your section all the time, you Crunch and Munch is delicious! Ah, nutritious, and that be, that guy became like a guy. You know, he was like a guy at the garden. Now I feel like it's Celtics games, there's all these fans who are you know. There's the chicken hat guy. There's the green mullet guy. You seen that guy? Yeah, I've seen
0: that guy. I've seen green mullet guy.
1: Uh, the chicken head guy who like was b- b- pointing, and the remember he was on TV yep. pointing last yep. year. There's that guy who dresses up like uh, Iceberg Slim, <laughs> um, like the uh, he's like the leprechaun with the dreads. I don't I they, I know they all have names. I don't know what their names are. Uh, But they're all, like, sort of Celtics mascots. The Bruins have a bunch of these guys, too. they got the Luchador and, uh, you know, a bunch of guys like that who all dress up for the Bruins games and stuff. And I just – it's a little piece of Boston sports thing that I like. You know, I like that they – that sort of thing's kept up over the years. You know, there's always these sort of, like, celebrities down there. You know, they're not really celebrities, but they're just guys you sort of remember, guys and girls that you remember when you go down to the games, make the experience a little bit more fun. Like, I've always enjoyed that. Um, Rest in power, by the way, to uh, Spider. What's his name? Rudolph yeah, Rudolph what? Edwards. He started Rudolph working Edwards.
0: with the Celtics in 1964.
1: Oh, boy. Wow. <laughs> Man. I remember him back in the old garden in the 80s. That's when I sort of, you know, and he was just as Everybody was trying to get his attention. Everybody's waving to him. Everybody wanted to wave the spider. Um, uh, but, yeah, I'll tell you what. If Spider was there, he would have made sure Kevin Durant wasn't slipping and sliding all over that court during pregame layups, that's for sure. 617 779 seven nine-seven ninety-three seven. there's your phone number. When we come back, the Boston Bruins won again uh, after a uh, uncharacteristic loss. They take care of business today against the Red Wings. We'll uh, dive into that next.
0: You're listening to Christian Arkin on WEEI.
1: is the phone number. We'll get to the Bruins here in just a minute. There's a couple other uh, basketball things I just wanted to touch on real quick. Getting a lot of reaction to the uh, old garden talk. (laughs) That's cool that so many people remember that guy. Uh, Stiz, what were you telling me about Spider? So we were looking up Spider, Rudolph Edwards. He yes. started
0: working with the Celtics in 1964. Uh-huh. And, when and they he re- would sweep
1: the floor. I remember yeah. he had this big he broom. he su- go yep. out and sweep the floor. Yeah.
0: And when they moved over to the uh, fleet center and demolished the garden, they auctioned off uh, you know, memorabilia from the garden. Yes. His broom Went for sixteen hundred dollars. That's amazing. <laughs> and he autographed it for the the guy who bought it.
1: I wonder who bought it. If you're listening right now, the guy who bought Spider's broom, give me a call. 617-779-7937. I want to hear what you did with it. I want to hear where it is. Maybe it's on display somewhere. In like the uh I don't know, like a janitor hall of fame or something. <laughs> like you know what I mean? <laughs> like that's that's gotta be one of the most famous brooms of all time, I'd say, in uh, sports history. Uh, anyways, um that was uh that was that was cool. Also, uh this week, if you missed it, Christian Fourier, and this is a story I feel like I have to defend myself, because if you were listening to uh Jones Mego and me Arkan, this week, you heard some you heard some accusations that were made that just weren't true. Uh this is what happened with the with the shoot around. Shots for the cure is what it was called. Um ever since Fourier announced this, I begged him to let me shoot. I told him for you, you got to let me in there. Stiz, you see me shoot here in studio. I am always, mo- I'm money. Yeah. Money. Net barely moves. Okay. And I know that this is like a little mini hoop in here, but like you get me on the court, you have me just shooting and no one guarding me. It's like Ice Cube get him on the court and he's trouble. That's right. Especially when there's no defense. But that's really when I shine. Um, I uh, am pretty good at shooting in an empty gym. And I know it's not empty. There's people around, like, you know, all the uh, Scal and Dana Barros and all these people. I probably would have been a little nervous about that. But either way, I really wanted to do I wanted to shoot. I wanted to be one of the shooters. So Fourier goes on the radio. He announces everybody who's shooting. And he goes, and from the afternoon show, Megan Ottolini's going to shoot. And I said, damn it. So that day, I came in. And I was, uh, I was sitting in the back uh, bullpen there. Fourier comes in, and I said right to his face, I said, you know what? You're a real, and I said something I can't say in the air. I called him a name that you call a cat. And I said, for not letting me shoot. And he said, what? I said, I wanted to shoot. I told you I wanted to shoot. He goes, I'm sorry. It could only be so many people, but you know what? If a spot opens up, I'll let you know. And then he gave me a bottle of whiskey, which was nice, and I felt bad for calling him the name, but that's neither here nor there. So, um, one of his sponsors was just, uh, it was the whiskey company. So he gave me one of the bottles, it was delicious, by the way. And uh, that was that. So over the next couple of weeks, I kept that hey, for you. Anybody open up? Anybody uh, cancel? I went up to Keith and Mego and everybody, and Courtney on the morning show. I was like, hey, if you don't want to do it, I'll take your place. I'm happy to do. It. I'm happy to go on there and shoot. He said, no, 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 we want to do it. Keith's like, go away. I'm doing it. Mego said she was gonna, you know, honor the team, which she didn't. By the way, she made two shots. She was, the, she was the worst. Mego was the worst. I think she just got in her own head, and that happens sometimes. I'm just saying, if it was me, would have raised more money. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so the day of the contest is drawing near, and the Celtics send out an email saying, "Hey, just so you know, we're gonna have guys rehabbing and stuff like that over at the Auerbach Center." The th- shootout was at the Hourback Center. Uh, we're going to have guys rehabbing and stuff, so we're going to cap it off right around like 20, 25 people. And uh, that'll be it. And we got once it's over, we got to move people out because we got stuff going on here today. And I got that email from Ken, and I said, all right, well, I guess that's it then. I guess I'm not going to be there. I was holding out hope that Fourier was going to say, all right, all right, Ken, you can come shoot. You know, at the last minute, I was going to get like a pardon from the governor or something. But instead, we get an email from Ken saying, nope, no one's allowed to go. I said, Damn. The next morning, 8 a.m. Now, I'd already gotten this email saying no one else can go, and I have a baby at home. And uh, the next day, my wife had to go to the office. So I'm there with the baby, and I'm there with the baby until my uh, mother-in-law comes and gets him, and then I you know, go off to work, and then we come get him later. And I had it all uh, scheduled out, because that's what you got to do when you have a baby. you got to make plans in advance. And there was no way I could have gotten there in time. And Fourier texts me at around 8.30, and he says... There's an open spot. You want to come shoot? And I said, God freaking Jesus. Come on. Come on, Fourier. I said, no, I don't think I can. I got the baby. I wanted to. I told you all for a month I wanted to shoot in this thing. And uh, I was ready to do it. But I had to make a plan with the baby. Now I don't think I can. He goes, well, try. Well, try me. (laughs) It's like, all right, I'll try. And I did. I tried. She came over. I gave her the baby. I hauled ass to Alston from my house. Takes about a half hour to get there. I hauled. I was cutting people. I was flipping people off on 95. I was gunning it. I wanted to do that. I really wanted to. I get there. I park. I buzz up. No one answers. You got to buzz up to get into the Arby's Center. I'm buzzing, 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 buzzing. Finally, someone comes and say, hey, it's Arcan from Wee. I'm doing the shootout thing. Can you go? He goes, you're doing the shootout thing. It's like half over. I'm like, I know. Can you just please let me in? And he lets me in. We go up. I got my clothes on, everything. I rush down. I'm standing there. Uh, I forget who was shooting when I got there. But I get there, and Fourier goes, it's too late.
0: Oh, man. I was wondering why it's too late I to shoot. See you. I was watching.
1: You, if you saw me at the end, right after Dana Barrow shot, I think Dana went last. Right after Barrow shot, you see me walking across the thing, uh, signaling to Fourier, can I go now? And him saying, no, there's no time. And when I tell you, I was devastated. I was re- I was literally, I was, it was awful. It was the worst feeling. Because I really wanted to, and I got there. I made it. How many of you think you would have hit? Well, see, it what depends. It? Be- best, it, it was a minute, right? It was a minute and each spot on the floor. You couldn't shoot from the same spot on the floor twice. Yeah, and there were spots all over the place worth different amounts of money, yeah. right? So you couldn't do it twice in a row. You could do it twice, but so like what uh what Barros did and what like Scal did was they shoot a three, then a free throw, then a three, then a free throw, and just go back and forth from like the top of the key. What Curran did was there was two uh, corner three uh, dots right next to each other, so he just went back and forth. And that way you save time. You're not running around, you know. And there was people rebounding and passing you the ball. And they didn't pass it to me because I didn't do it, but that's what they were doing for everybody else. And uh, you know, I was sort of watching and thinking, you know, I could I could figure out a strategy here. What I probably would have done is just stayed in the corner and just bought back and forth shooting threes there because the threes are worth a thousand dollars, and the free throws I think were worth like five hundred. Um, but it doesn't matter because I didn't get to do it. But I'll tell you what. Afterwards, after it was all over, Ken's like packing up. Everyone's packing all their stuff. You know, the Hillman's grabbing all the donuts and taking out, like, everybody's, you know, leaving and doing their thing. I just sort of wandered over to the other end of the court, and I just started shooting over there and thinking, I'll just shoot here until somebody, I had, like, two hours before my show started. I was not doing anything. I was like, I'm just going to shoot around until someone tells me I have to leave. And so I did. And then I turned around and looked, and everyone was gone. And I was like, I should probably leave, too. <laughs> it was, like, a couple of kids, I think like, Fourier's kids were there, and they were still shooting around, and, like, there was this guy in, like, a Celtic shirt, and he was kind of just standing there looking at me, like, wondering, you know, who I I was probably because I wasn't wearing the Fourier shirt. I was just wearing my shirt from home. And he was probably like, who's this guy? (laughs) Like, He's not on the team. (laughs) He's not not rehabbing here, I don't think. And uh, eventually I left too. But I'll tell you what. uh, A lot of accusations were made like I was late. I wasn't late. I was not late. I mean, I didn't get there on time, but I got there as fast as I possibly could have. It's not like I was told I had to be there and I was supposed to be there and I was late. That was the earliest I could have possibly made it given the constraints and time that I had. And uh, unfortunately, I wasn't able to shoot. I'll tell you what the biggest shocker of that entire thing was. Uh, you know Dakota from Braintree? Uh, Collar? Yes. Yes. He also is uh, Swing Juice. Like, he's the guy in oh, charge yeah, yeah, over yeah. the Swing yeah. Juice. Yeah, shout out Dakota. Love Dakota. Great guy. Dakota from Braintree uh, went from the free throw line to, like, not the corner three, but, like, three quarters corner from the top of the key and, like, the corner, like, right in the middle there, which I think is not an easy uh, angle to shoot on. But that was his spot. It was there and free throw. You go back and forth between those two. When I tell you that this man had the ugliest looking jump shot I've ever seen in my life. Stiz, when you see a guy take a shot, you know, the hands and the ball are in the front, right? Yeah. And then you sort of shoot from there. Dakota would take the ball all the way back behind his head so that it was parallel to his head. You see, can you, like, picture what I'm saying? Like, he'd bring the ball over his head all the way back so that it was behind his head. I think I have a buddy that, that used to shoot like that. And but, he'd yeah. shoot from there, and he'd shoot like that from like way downtown. And he was hitting everything buckets. I couldn't believe I'm watching him going, How is this going in? He looked like Bill Cartwright. Uh, Rich Keefe said that he's like, This is a Bill Cartwright shooting stance. And it was, but it was like a guy who's five foot eight <laughs> shooting like he's Bill Cartwright from three and hitting everything. I was watching him going, What is How is he doing this? He was better than Dana Barrows. That's wow. not true. He wasn't better than Dana Barrows. But considering what my expectations were, he was. Uh, Barrows didn't shoot great. I think Scal ended up getting the most points. Scal was, Scal was money, obviously. Uh, but I thought Barros was going to you know, just completely destroy everybody, and he got off to a cold start. He made a bunch of shots after that, but he got off to a cold start. In terms of the person who outperformed my expectations the most, it's Dakota, and it's not even close. Dakota, uh, d- props to you, man. You have perfected the ugliest-looking jump shot I've ever seen, and uh, that's something that deserves uh, deserves some credit. So bravo to him, and bravo to everybody who uh, took part in that great event. I wish I could have too, but unfortunately it was not in the cards. Anyway, just wanted to get that out there. 617 779 There's the phone number. When we come back, we're going to talk about this Bruins team. I know I said I was going to before and instead talked about this event I didn't even shoot in, but we will talk about the Bruins next.
2: Baseball is back, and so is MLV.TV. Watch every out of market regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand.